Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Open Book Besties. I am your co-host, Misty Walker. And I am Kay Webster. And we are romance authors um, here to entertain you, hopefully. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we think that we're entertaining we are to ourselves and then you know we kind of have like this like uh, maybe we're not this is stupid and then somebody's like oh we listened to your podcast it made us laugh we loved it and then I'm like okay yay we are entertaining at least one person <laughs> besides Misty's dad and, and my dad yeah exactly <laughs> our listenership is growing every day I did tell my dad not to listen to the last one after our whole daddy kink talk <laughs> what did he say okay yeah he said okay I told my mom too I was like don't listen I don't know if she listens anyway but (laughs) that episode please (laughs) so today we thought we would talk a little bit about editing because you just got edits back and lately I've had some pretty intense edits with my books and uh we thought we would talk about that right because well first of all my friend Lilith the other day said you know it was like a week ago before these edits came in and she said you know you're working on some edits and it was for a different story it was like a little short story so it went really quick and I was like oh yeah I did them and she's like already and I'm like yeah when you've been writing a million books you kind of like have this down to a science and she was like okay so she's like wow that's cool I hope I get there that one that way one day and I was like yeah you know I'm all on top of the world feeling and cocky about yourself yes I was <laughs> and then I was like yeah I write really good stuff you know but anyway and then um I got edits back from um, Triple Threat, which Dangerous Press did a different editor than I was used to. And I got some intense edits back and I was just like, oh my gosh, I suck. You know, like I was like, how terrible am I? Like, oh my gosh. And, and edits that normally take me like, you know, a day of working hard on it It took me like three full hard working days and I was about to pull my hair out at the end of it and I was like this is just insane but it was all stuff that needed to be done and then it made me question all my other books (laughs) yeah do you get embarrassed I get embarrassed when I get my edits back I'm like oh my gosh that was so stupid I'm so humiliated she must think I am such a hack job right right well and then there's like questions like um I don't really understand why she would do this and I'm like I don't either why would she do that like oh my god I'm so dumb why would I make my character do this you know like and and the whole time you're just like wow okay and I don't know it it was it, it was good to have that edit because it really like you know knocks you down a few pegs mentally so you try harder and you work harder and everything that and and it's not to say certain editors are better or worse it's just everybody's different and they see different things or they're looking for different things and you know it's almost like maybe sometimes my editors get used to what the way I write or whatever and so when you have somebody that doesn't really know you they you know put it through a different set of you know eyes, eyes or whatever yeah. 
yeah and then it's like oh my gosh you know and so i had to fix all this stuff and i mean it is going to make it better but it was just like and it was all like developmental stuff like it wasn't you know uh, of course all my necessary commas had to be in added in because you know that's me but this was like you know like timeline issues and just things that i never really like had problems with and it wasn't that i was having problems writing this book because i read through the book and i was like this book is the bomb like it's awesome people are gonna love it and then i was like boop, 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 got knocked down several pegs and i was like oh my gosh i suck you know this isn't even enjoyable to read but after i fixed it all i felt Oh, that's good. Yeah. I, um, every single time I get a, especially a timeline issue because I know I suck at timelines anyway. Every time I get a timeline question, I'm like, I, I'm the worst ever. I shouldn't even be writing books. And then they don't fix it for you. Like, yeah, I'm like, they uh... just say like the timeline doesn't add up here. And it's like, okay, obviously I can't figure this out myself. You have to tell me. Help, help. (laughs) I'm thinking, I don't know what to do. Well, and that brings me up to another thing. Um, I was talking to this other girl who was actually listening and I won't say her name or give away too many details because, you know, but she was saying that um, her editor had pointed out like, okay, this, this area is, you know, it needs to be addressed or fixed or it's too weak or whatever and it needs to be done earlier on and she was like okay but where like I have no idea like where you know and and then Mm -hmm. you know I think that's where a lot of people are like oh well my editor's not good and it's not necessarily that it's the it's just that they're they're identifying a spot they're not the creators they're not the writers Mm -hmm. they're they can see that something's wrong and they want you to take your magic and go back in there and you know and most times it's almost like sticker shock you see it at first and you're like oh my god how am i going to do this yeah, yeah and then when you stop for a second and you think about it and you let it just soak in a little bit then you're like okay i can go fix this Ch- chill out and then when you fix it you're like oh, okay i'm smart i did it <laughs> you know but that first like initial thing you're like can't do this this is too hard like I'm so overwhelmed because it is overwhelming to basically have a laundry list of all your mistakes and all of your errors and all of your weaknesses just thrown in in your yeah. face all red mm-hmm. you're like yep. oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's probably my least favorite part well I I will say I like doing edits because I like the feeling of knowing that my book is better right but I, do, I it just it just hurts when you see all of the comments and so many things highlighted and you're like I really honestly thought I gave her the best product that I could you know well and that's how I felt too because you know I'm so like OCD like I finish my book and then I read back through it on my Kindle and I fix every typo every error every little possible thing and I'm thinking this is like ready to go to Amazon and be out there and Mm -hmm. it's not no no No. So, and, and like on my book, like I had to add like 6,000 more words to that's a lot. It was, that's what took so long because it wasn't just like, Hey, add another three chapters or whatever. It was like, you know, over here, it's kind of weak. We need more, we need more back and forth. We need more back and forth. And, and there were several spots of that where it was like, 
you're, you're jumping to this too fast. You're jumping to this too fast. And it was like, oh my God, so slow it down, slow it down, slow it down. And as somebody who writes very like concise and likes to just move along and not, you know, linger in areas too long, I kind of just do it across the board. And there are times when it's like a very, very emotional moment or a pivotal scene that does need to be drawn out a little bit more. And so I have to face the fact that, you know, not, I can't just whiz on through the whole thing. Like I have to slow it down in some parts and you got to add a lot of banter and back and forth and, you know, but on the flip side, sometimes when the editor gives you a compliment, Oh my God, that's the best thing like in the you whole world. Are the best person ever. You're like, yeah. I am amazing. Like, yeah. It, especially if it's like one compliment to the whole manuscript or whatever. You're like, I'm so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You just like clutch on to that one comment and you're just and that kind of helps ease all of the. Well, and, and the one com- the the one compliment that she gave me on, well, not she gave me lots, but there was one that really stood out to me. And she said that um, I'm really good at dialogue and weaving in backstory into the dialogue where it's not an information dump and it yeah. sneaks in there and you reveal the story or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm good at something. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was, as I was adding in those extra, you know, back and forth, which were a lot of them were dialogue. And I was like, look at me go. I'm amazing. She said, I'm amazing. <laughs> look how amazing I am at this, you know? <laughs> I'm going to prove her right. <laughs> right? She's going to be so proud of me. <laughs> yes. I think that all the time, whenever I add something, I'm like, oh, she's gonna, she's gonna love this, you know, <laughs> like I'm writing the book exactly for my editor. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, you know, I had a book like a long time ago, Dirty Ugly Toy, and I thought it was really good. And the editor did some deep developmental stuff in there that I wasn't expecting, you know, because by Dirty Ugly Toy, I had written quite a few books. So it, it hit me out of like left field. And I ended up adding 11,000 words to that book. And for me, that's like a lot to add after edits. And, but then I was like, so proud of how it turned out. I was like, she was right. Like everything that she, you know, told me to like work on, I really needed to. And yeah, it was fine without it, but I don't want it to be fine. I want it to be amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, I want people to really like, you know, I do need to dig into some of those parts. So. So you have explain how you like okay you have your book it's you think it's finished you've read through it you think it's amazing what do you do at that point so like after I've like read through it and all of that after you've read through it not just written it just yeah like when you think it's the best it can be what do you do at that point I mean I know the answer but I want everybody else to know Oh, I just send it to the editor or is that what you, you just mean? send it to the editor? You oh. don't have betas. You don't have. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you and Elizabeth, I send to, but half the time you're busy and Elizabeth will read through it. And she's like a super cheerleader. And she's like, she's, like it's amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, girl. cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I actually don't have beta readers, alpha readers, uh, critique partners or anything like that. I just I don't know why that's you just used me. to before I started yeah. writing books. <laughs> Not in, in the beginning I did. And I think it was, but then I bailed I out know. on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a, it I was suck. just, no, you were fine. You're fine. And you, you were, you were kind of like a cheerleader too. Like 
you know, like, and I'm kind of a cheerleader for you, you know, like we, we're not necessarily that person for each other. That's going to gut the other person's book. Yeah. And honestly, I don't want anybody to gut my book. That's like in the story creation side, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I feel like the, the editor is kind of like a beta reader too. I don't know. I mean, like the editors I've had, aren't just looking for errors. Like they do check you know, all of that stuff. And yeah. Then- so you have an editor mm-hmm. do after you get d- back um, done with your edits, do you also use a proofreader? Well, I do two rounds of edits. So after they tell me to fix everything, I go back in there and then we do that again. And then I read it after, after I've done two rounds of edits, I read it again on my Kindle. And cause even still you miss like yeah. a typo or two. And then I'm like, this is amazing. And then I send it to my proofer friends and I have three of them that will proofread it for me. And um, they're all eagle eyes. And, um, but one of them is like um, very particular. And so she notices things like, she'll say, is this an Oklahoma thing? Or is this like, I've never heard of this saying before. Yeah, if it's a regional like, or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that's a Christie thing. Like I say that my character is living in New York. He does not need to say that. <laughs> know and so it's not it's not the same as Oklahoma and so she's about stuff like that and she kind of like um overly picks at things not necessarily typos just little things that and it's good like it's it may and not I don't change everything she says but she makes me take a second look at it and then I'm like okay yeah maybe if that's bothering her it's gonna you know bother the other people yeah yeah. And so that's like my last line of defense is her. And I will, you know, grab the the last few weird things. And then, and then it goes to the formatter and then she does it all. And then I usually read it one more time after I get it back from her, because I just love to send her more things to fix. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel guilty when I have to do that. Right. And then it's, then it's done. And occasionally, Occasionally, the arc readers will find something that slips through, and I just want to beat my head against the wall. I know, huh? Because you've read it so many times. Yeah. And then occasionally it'll even make it past all them, and then it'll be a reader who bought it and been like, Did you see there was this typo there? Yeah. Kill me now. So, you gave me a really good piece of advice the very, after the very first book that I wrote and I got my edits back and I was feeling like a bag of shit. And some of the things that she was telling me, I was like, I don't know about this. And the piece of advice you gave me is just because the editor tells you that it's wrong or it should be fixed. Doesn't mean you have to actually do it. And I still think about that every single time I'm looking through my book and especially with Bexley's biker, because Bexley was such a tough cookie. Um, and whoever I had reading it was telling me that I should soften her up a little bit. And I just kept thinking, no, I, she's, she's a bitch. Like that's who she is, you know? And that it was your voice in my head saying, you don't have to, you know, take every piece of advice that your editor gives you. Right. So. Right. And, and it's, that's there. And you got to think about it this way is they're on your team to help you. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not someone trying to make you feel stupid. They're trying to make your book better. They're being paid to make your book better. And, you know, for the most part, 
you do need to go and fix a lot of the things that they're oh, telling yeah. you because yeah. it's sticking out. But then, you know, stylistic choices and stuff, those are just kind of suggestions. And I do like if it's a lot of times I'll be like, mm, I, I kind of really I'm I'm loving this part. So if I'm really loving it, I'm just going to keep it because for me personally, sometimes some of my harder like um, boundary pushing spots are part of my charm. So I don't ever yeah. want to like dull those down. So right. I, I do kind of like stick by my guns on those, but um, yeah. And, but for the most part, you got to think they're on your team and they're trying to right. make it awesome too. And they're attaching their name to it. So they want to be mm-hmm. proud of it, you know? So, right. I mean, you're, you're basically helping them sell more or get more business because someone says, oh, wow, I read that book and it was awesome. And I didn't see any errors and it flowed really well. Who was her editor? I want to mm-hmm. use her you know, so they're in the business too, to, you know, help it be amazing. So, and they're not like sitting around with a checklist, you know, for waiting on second round edits to be like, did she change that one little part? Right. Yeah. I'm put a little note here and she's not getting a Christmas card this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're a very clean writer. You, I mean, it, for as many edits as you think that you have, I think you're, a million times more clean than I am. So my process goes through, we, I go through a lot more steps. <laughs> I have, I have someone reading it kind of as I write it. Um, and then I have a beta team that gets it after I've written it and I've gone through it. I import it into my remarkable, which is like a Kindle, except for a tablet, and I can write on it. So as I read it, I, I write on it and I change things and then I go through and change that. And then after that, I send it to the beta team after the beta team gets it back, I'll go through and make all of their changes, read it again. And then it'll go to my editor twice. And then I send it to a proofreader because when I write, I go so fast that I leave words out constantly like little words like of the a you know all of those things I completely skip right past them and no matter how many times it goes through different people you know, I'll, I'll always find those so I also have to hire a proofreader <laughs> and then I'll go through it one more time after that before I send out arcs so you have like 10 steps less than me <laughs> But I just wanted to tell like people that are not clean like that, like, you know, there's, oh, you can always reference hot mess me (laughs) for how many steps. And there's even like, even further than that, like, you know, just because, you know, some people are excellent storytellers, but they are weak on the grammar and all of that stuff. And so that's, they rely heavily on the editor to shape up their story and make it all fancy and pretty and sparkly. And that's okay. There's still a writer is that is their story. And that's what you pay editing for. Um, For me, like I grew up like English nerd, like before all of this, like when I was in college, I considered being an English teacher. So like that part for me is just, it's just, it's just programmed in my brain. So Mm -hmm. I, I don't have to, you know, yes, I have errors and I have mistakes and stuff, but that's like, just, you know, I came already, like my brain was already rewired and or wired to do that stuff 
okay. You know what I'm saying? So, and everybody falls everywhere in between that because all storytellers from all different walks of life or, you know, they, some people are probably really good at math, but they have a good story to tell. And so they're, they're lacking on some of the, you know, grammar and punctuation and stuff that you learn through editing and things as you get your stuff edited. Whereas for me, like I totally suck at math, but you know, I do better on the grammar. So. Yeah. I, uh, I have gotten much better than I was with my first book. I really try when I'm editing, not to just accept, accept, accept all of the changes that come through. I really try to like, look at it, look at the sentence and then take a note of it in my head so that next time I could not make that same mistake. Of course I still do because I'm me, but I at least try. (laughs) I'm the same as you. And, but we're not, did you know, not everybody is that way. Some people just hit accept all and move along. And I am too much of a control freak. I need to see what I need to double check that you put that comma in the right spot, even though I have no idea if that comma really needs to go there, but I will decide when I get there, you know, (laughs) such a, such a control are like such a nightmare to begin with. Let let me just say that. Like I will never understand commas ever. I I, I understand about, I understand about 60% of the time you know, I, like when it comes to dialogue and stuff, I've got that down pat, but yeah. when you've just got like this long old sentence and there's like a bunch of commas thrown in there, I'm like, yeah. Ugh. and my husband's over here in my ear going, it's, you put a comma whenever you take a breath. And I'm <laughs> like, sometimes I don't take a breath. I talk a lot. I do it all in one breath, you know? And I, you can and say he, a lot of words in one breath. Let me just right? say that. And, and he takes a lot of pauses when he talks to like, let you feel the emphasis of his words so his stuff's probably littered with commas (laughs) we'll just start calling him the comma king yeah i don't know what i mean what i am and he doesn't have filler words like he says what he means and he says it with the least amount of words possible but they have the most impact possible too Exactly. But you know, and that's a good point too. Um, he was actually the one, you know, everybody's always like, oh, you write such good mails. And it wasn't always that way. When I first started out, my, my mails were very, you know, very Christy. And he, I said, Ooh, read this one part. And it was with rock bottom, which was in my Vegas Aces series way back when. And it was this good long passage. And I was like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so wonderful. And it was music. So I wanted him to like read it. And he goes, a guy wouldn't say that. And I was like, oh, what? And he was like, <laughs> they would say blah, 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 whatever it was. And I was like, seriously, you want me to cut all this? And he was like, yeah. It blew my mind. And I was <laughs> like, okay, okay. And, and I started writing like my husband speaks. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like clipped sentences and Uh, just, just, I really started like incorporating how he speaks into my characters. And as a result, I honestly feel like it made them more realistic. You know, it wasn't, they don't sound like Christy. They sound Mm -hmm. like, you know, an arrogant dude or whatever they are, you know, and it just, you know, it was funny because he was the one that helped me write men better. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't read my books, but it was just like one of those, I always say he keeps me humble because it doesn't matter what I tell him, whatever, like amazing thing I do. He tells me how to do it better. Yeah. 
or reach a little further because <laughs> you're not there yet. <laughs> Ty does that too. Ty absolutely does that too. Sometimes I'll be like, Oh, look at this. This is so great. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's good. But let's get to here. And I'm like, oh, right. okay. I know. We, we married pretty, pretty much the same kind of dude. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, the, uh, uh, that's a goal, but can we just like relish in this moment, please? Just for a minute. <laughs> uh, he always says, why are you fishing for compliments? And I'm like, I don't know, but give them to me. So I don't have to fish. <laughs> exactly. It's the same thing with the editors. You just need, you need a couple good things. Like we have, um, I have an editor that I've used in the past that she is just a tough cookie and I appreciated all of her corrections because she was absolutely right. And she was just amazing at what she does, but she was really stingy with the compliments. So every time she said anything good, I would just my book is the most amazing thing in the whole entire world all because she said oh I like this part right yeah yeah that's so funny almost like you believed it more because she didn't give them she gave them so sparingly yeah 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 she really must mean it said that I know right so what are you working on right now Oh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I am working on nothing. Yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because I was just dying to finish my deadlines, which were for um, Dangerous Press. And I had to get it done earlier than I expected because I don't think I'm allowed to say, but anyway, I, I just reasons. realized, yeah, I better not say because I don't want to get myself in trouble. I get in trouble sometimes. Um, so, but anyway, I had to get it done a little bit quicker than I expected. And um, I enjoyed writing those books. It was so much fun. I mean, I do love how they turned out. They're really good, but um, it just took every ounce of me out of me to get it done in time. And then those edits came along and for the first book and it was just like so hard and I, and I thought it was done like literally I turned in book two and the same day I got the edits for book one and I was like oh! and it was so hard and I was like okay anyway so I finished it I turned it in a couple of days ago and then it was like I finally could breathe and it's like okay you know I've, I'm working on I, I would say the next thing that I'm going to work on is um the last aliens book with Nicole mm-hmm. we literally have three chapters in an epilogue left like what are we doing and she's yeah. just waiting on me she's she's like looking at me like Christy you've had that manuscript since September you're gonna do something with it and I'm like yeah. so that is my next thing that I'm gonna work on and have another thing that I'm working on that I, I can't really tell anybody. I can tell you later. Okay. <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. But this is not an open book best moment. This is a closed book bestie moment. <laughs> <laughs> tell them later. Oh, well now I'm, now I'm like, okay, let's pause the show. Cause I want right. to know. Just kidding. I may have already told you. So okay. don't get too excited. And then, um, let me think, I think there's, let's see, what else do I have? Nothing else pressing. Nothing else pressing, but we need to work on 
our BFB, our Bricks Ferry Bay series. We do, but I want you to get finished with all your stuff, whatever you're working on. Before <sighs> we just think about that, because you cannot have that much I don't stress even going. Want to think about day. what I'm working on. So that will be definitely coming and on the, I was actually thinking about Brigsbury Bay this morning, getting ready. So I told somebody that they're, they'll be out in 2022. So I've already said it. Oh God. Now it has (laughs) to happen. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So last week, okay. Everybody knows that I've just been a disaster since October. So, um, since that happened. I'd been working on Riley's biker, which releases February 25th. Um, but I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't liking it. I didn't like, I didn't even know where I was going. Like I was just typing for the sake of, I need to get words in. Um, and so I don't even know what happened, but one day I just decided I hate it. I'm, I'm scrapping it which is stupid because it has to be to my editor by January 10th, but I did it anyway. So last week, that's what I did. Started all over. I'm like 27,000 words in, in a week, which I think is really good because I ate shit last week. I was walking my dogs and looking at my watch and just fell face first into the concrete. Um, thought I broke my hand, but I didn't thank God. So, um, that took up an entire day in urgent care. So I'm pretty Mm -hmm. proud of where I'm I'm going. The story is amazing. The characters are amazing. I'm just clacking away. Good job. Well, and I've decided, you know, there are stories that I'm going to write. Okay. Obviously, but I am going to take a breath and, um, not put anything in stone because yeah. that's what always kills my mojo, my creativity, everything. It's when I don't have anything in stone, I will crank out nine books. Yeah. So I am less productive when I put those dates hard on a calendar. So, you know what I'm saying? So I'd rather yeah. just like, you know, I finally cleared off my schedule to where I can just let things happen organically and mm-hmm right from the heart and all that. And anytime I do that, I, I come up with something really magical. That's people just go nuts over. So I'm trying to give myself space for that, you know, and I feel like it's important because we start off writing that story. That's just calling to us. And then we have all these other stories and then we start making promises. And then next thing, you know, we have ourselves so planned out for the next two years and people are waiting on that because we've told them, or, Mm -hmm. you know, in our brain, we have it set that way. And we're, you know, holding ourselves accountable to it. And it's hard. It, it just stresses you out too much and you're not having fun anymore. And I'm sorry, but I like to have fun at work. Yeah. Uh, we are the opposite in that way because I am a world-class procrastinator and I can justify anything like, okay, whoever's listening, if you need something in your life, but you can't justify it, hit me up. I will find a way to justify it because that's who I am. Uh, so I need deadlines. Otherwise I just won't do it. I'll spend my time thinking around on the internet, watching TikTok. Um, so I definitely need like hard and fast deadlines to get things done, which is why I am now like so inspired to finish Riley's biker because I have 
like three weeks to do it and Christmas is in there. So, Mm -hmm. but I am glad you're taking right now off because the holidays are important to you. Yes, they are. And And I do try to take December off like, and it started when I had shoulder surgery. Yeah, um, I remember that. And I was, I had it like a week before Thanksgiving. So I was basically forced to not do anything all through the holidays. And it was so wonderful. And I was like, I got to do this. So I kind of like made it a tradition after yeah. that. And um, I just like to be able to, you know, if I want to go shopping, I have the day off, if I can go do it, you know? And, um, but that being said, um, one of the things that helped me finish my deadline um, last week or whenever it was, was I was doing um, sprints with my friend Lilith and another girl that I didn't even know. It was just one of her friends. And, and then Danny Renee too was in there. And, and um, we had the O'Right room, you know, and they have a different, they're in the UK. So their schedule is different than mine, but it just worked out that by the time I finished all the things I was working on and was ready to write, that they were off work and it was the evening time and they were ready to write. So it, yeah. it kind of like worked out. And they were, you know, a lot of times I don't like going into those oh right rooms because everybody likes to chit chat um, and it distracts me. And they they were really good about, okay, we're going to go for 30 minutes. Don't chat until then. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, good. And then I would just, you know, pound out some words. And then, and so I, I was able to get chapter, chapter, chapter. And I thought, you know, if I could actually make this more, of a habit regardless of deadlines like just try to get in you know writing on whatever story it doesn't even matter um and just have those days where I can sprint words you know I feel like it would just be more beneficial and I could get more done so that might be something for you to consider since you yeah last week um C.E. Ricci and I and who else was in there oh I think it was Callie Radcliffe um Mm -hmm we were doing some sprints in there mm-hmm. uh, and it d- totally does help, but it just gave me an idea when you said that mm-hmm. since we have our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. we could do live sprints <gasps> together mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. YouTube and have it stream to whatever service. So, so basically you're saying that someone's going to watch me type the whole time. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't get this. They're going to stare at me like, well, I'm doing this. They're going to see well, all my faces. No, like, okay. Um, <laughs> How does it work? Explain yeah, to the I mean, yeah, they're going to look at you. You know who, who does it is uh, Lila, Lyra, Lyra Parrish. Uh, yeah, she does I, those. And I've joined into a few of hers in so many words were written. It's incredible. Really? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, she has a timer mm-hmm. and otherwise you're just watching her work. But you're not watching her work because you have your manuscript up and you're clacking away and then the timer goes off and then you go in and you go back to the YouTube and chat for a little bit, have some fun. And then to go again. Yeah. I think it would be fun. Yeah, it would. And you know, um, it just would be, we would have to figure out a good time because like, I, you and I write for different times. And that's why people are probably wondering, like, why aren't Misty and Christy in the same Oh, right. Sprinting room. Why are they breaking up? And it's like, oh. no, so many people have different like writing times and you and me never hardly s- sync up at the same time. Know. You know, like it's rare. Like, and we, when we do, we try to write together, but it's, it's very rare that you yeah. and I sync up together. Well, I used to be a night writer 
like my kids would last year when they were doing school from home and I didn't have to get up with them in the morning. Like they just logged in on their own. So last year I was a night rider. I'd stay up until three in the morning, just riding. And because the house is quiet, everything's quiet around me and I can focus. Nobody is like trying to talk to me online. Um, so that's when I used to write, but this year I've, I've been so messed up. So what I've been trying to do is write in the morning, but mm-hmm. my brain just doesn't wake up until like midnight. <laughs> well, see, and I'm a I'm night owl. Also, yeah. Well, and I am a night owl, but at night it's like, I don't want, it's kind of like with my weekends, like it's almost like my brain has gone on strike and I want time for myself. Even if that time is staring at the wall, yeah. I'd rather stare at the wall than do anything else. And my brain goes on strike, but for me, I like to get up in the morning, like on the days, like, you know, and I'll sprint in the mornings, like on Tuesdays or Thursdays or something and get a few hours in. Um, but then a good time for me to sprint and I get a lot of words in is actually like around the 4.30 time, just mm. right before dinner. Um, and my daughter gets home a lot of times and she'll be ready to go play her video games or whatever. So she's like out of my hair. And, and that's when um, like Lilith and them, they're they're what five or six hours ahead of me so they're it's evening time and they're mm-hmm. writing their husbands have already been fed and you know they're in bed or watching tv or whatever so they're able to sit down and write and so yeah. it's like a good time um so I've been doing that too and then also um my friend Xavier Neal we try to I love her to, um, I know she's too. so sweet we try to have she is so sweet. I'm telling you what, she yeah. motivates me and checks in on me. Like she's a good friend and like, make sure I'm doing okay. And it makes me feel like a terrible friend. Cause I'm not good at doing that with people. Like, like there'll be times where it'll be like five in the afternoon. I'm like, I wonder if Misty's alive, you know, like, <laughs> you know, how it I know. Is. we suck. We suck at that. Both of us do. We do. But like, she'll check on me and she's like, well, how are you doing this week? Are you getting lots of words in? And I'm like, Oh, thank you. You care about me. And so, but anyway, she and I do a lot of, um, Tuesday, Thursday, sometimes Wednesday, uh, morning rights. Cause she's a morning mm. person. So, a lot of times after I drop off Avery at school and I get home and it's like nine o'clock, she's ready. She's been up for a couple hours and, and then she's real good about, well, you know, I need to take a break and go take a walk. And I'm like, Oh, we got to take a break to walk. Like what? <laughs> so she's like good about like mental health, you know, like don't just yeah. go to your computer. And so she'll be like, are you going to get up and do something? And I'm like, I guess, I guess I'll go climb the stairs, walk the minute. stairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, okay. I have to interject here. <laughs> you have trainers Mm -hmm. that are trying to get you fit okay you have exercise equipment in your garage that you won't use and you have like a neighborhood that you could walk to get your daily exercise but you won't go outside so instead you climb your stairs over and over up and down, 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 up and down. And then the dog likes to sit at the very top. So I have to climb all the way up to like the 12th step, not the 13th or whatever. And the other day, Holly, my sister was like, you got to do the stairs. And I was like, okay. And I started doing the stairs. She was like, Chris, you have to go all the way to the top. And I was like, the dog is there. Okay. And she was like, so you're not even doing the full stairs. You're like half-assing the stairs. And I'm like, it's still stairs. <laughs> That sounds like Holly. Well, and then the, the trader ladies, they were like, now listen, you know, you've, you've got to get some 
some exercise in. I was like, I'm too busy. And the girl was like, and we got on a phone call and she, and I said, I'm too busy. And she said, you, you're too busy for your 30 minute workout. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, that's funny. Cause you weren't too busy to take this call. And we've been on the phone for 30 minutes. And I was like, Oh, she called me out. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. She said, well, why don't you do five minutes of stair climbing? And I was like, five minutes. She said, yeah, while you're on this deadline, make it a daily challenge to do five minutes. And of course, you know, five minutes, I've got to be an overachiever because that's my brain. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to do 10, even though it's still not 30 minutes, but in my brain, I doubled it. And, you know, and so I did my 10 minutes on the stairs every single day. And she, I would tell her and she'd be like, go Christy. And I'd be like, go me. And um, so I got to the end and, and my deadline ended. And I completely forgot that I told them when my deadline was done and everything. So then I wake up on a Monday morning after my deadline and I get ready to climb the stairs and I open my little app to get the stairs and it's like 30 minute cardio workout. And I was like, what, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> They're like, so good about trying to hold you accountable. And I was like, oh no. And I was like, <laughs> trying to do this. And I was like, this is terrible. I was like, what excuse can I come up with now? <laughs> <laughs> I think the stairs are so much more difficult than taking a walk. So it just blows my mind that you choose to do that because I climb my stairs up and down. Like today is laundry day. So my ass is up and down the stairs 18,000 times. And I'm like, I just keep thinking every single time Christy chooses to do this. Why would I want to go outside? <laughs> like seriously. And that's what the, and that's what my little trainer lady said. They said, well, you know, you could go take a walk. And I, I looked at her and I said, I'm not going to take a walk. And she's like, oh, but, but it's no longer summer. I know you can't handle the heat. And I said, yeah, I don't like bugs either. And she was like, well, and I said, or the sun, I don't like the sun or the wind like, or oh. yeah. And I was like, and the wind. And also like people wave to me or say hi. And I don't want to say hi to yeah. them. Okay. <laughs> and I said, so I'm just gonna be real honest. I'm not going to walk outside. And she was like, okay, then you need to do the stairs. I was like, okay. <laughs> and she kept what's, saying, what's she kept saying, get on the Bowflex. And, and Holly was in, out of, Holly was listening to my phone chat and cause it was on the Zoom and Holly was over here and she's sniggering over there. And I was like, uh. and, the, and I was like, yeah, I'll do the stairs. And the lady's like, and the Bowflex. And, and I kept correcting her to stairs. And the then stairs. Holly was, yeah, Holly was like, <laughs> why did you do that? I was like, I ain't get on the bow flag. She said, she said, does she know that you moved it to the garage? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I ain't get on that thing. <laughs> you know, what's funny is, um, when you told me the story about how you got your dog, you have a dog blue mm -hmm. and she is like round and looks like a potato. <laughs> But when dog. you first got her, she expected to like go outside and go for walks and go and do things. And she'd wait by your front door and you guys just had to train her. Like we don't leave the house. Yes. <laughs> Blue, are once you walked through the door, like this is your home now, get used to it. <laughs> that, that's what, this is what we call the Webster way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like when my grandparents come to town and say they get used to you know, I'll make, you know, I'll make grandmother some hot chocolate. I'll bring them little snacks. I'll put them on a show. I'll get them a little blanket. We got to be cozy and, and just chill. You know, <laughs> whenever they go to Holly's, it's like, we're going to go shopping. We're going to go to Walmart. We're going to go do this. And we're going to go do that. And then we're going to make brownie houses and we're going to do all this stuff. And I'm like, 
no, not at our house. You're going to chill. Let's turn on a Christmas movie. We are not yeah. leaving this spot right here. Yeah, Get cozy. Even last, time, even last time, grandmother was like, are we going to go to the grocery store? And I'm like, girl, I already ordered yeah. the groceries and they're on the way. And she was yeah. like, look. And I was like, yeah. This is the Webster way. <laughs> I'm kind of the same because my mom, she likes to go to the store. She likes to touch things. She likes to see different brands. She likes to, you know, just do all of that. And so whenever she comes to my house and I order my groceries online, she just, it just drives her nuts, drives her absolutely nuts. She wants to go to the store so bad. Well, and the argument, the argument that my mother-in-law always says is, you know, she'll say, well, I really want to go touch the things. How do you know that they're not going to pick the the bad produce? And I say, well, that's just the chance I'm willing to take. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I get funky bananas. Yep. Yep. And then you you bitch about it when you get it and you're like, gosh, they suck. But yeah doesn't change anything. You still order them next week. <laughs> well, and I, um, I, I stopped using Walmart because I felt like they just didn't care, but I, I, I use this place called ship and they have like personal shoppers or whatever. And you can, um, like save a person as your favorite. And this girl, she, she's helped me a couple of times and she's super friendly. Like her customer service is like so out there. And she's always like sending me pictures and like, oh, and very apologetic. Like they're out of the Hershey's bars times 11 that you wanted, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, get seven, you know? But anyway, so we go back and forth and, and, and she was, and so the last time she came and she delivered the groceries and I felt so bad because I ordered, like, I'm not even joking, like 27 giant things of soda. <laughs> and like dog food and like you know the the humongous thing of toilet paper and, and paper towels so this I, I thought she's not even gonna be able to fit this in the grocery bag or in the cart yeah anyway so she gets there and I open the door and she normally she drops all the groceries there and then she texts me and says you know the groceries are on the porch and she tells me how she arranged them and then you know thank you so much have a blessed day or whatever and then this time I, I like opened the door and she was there and she was like, oh my gosh, it's so good to finally meet you. And I was like, oh Aww. my gosh, you too. And she was so nice. And she's like, well, normally I rearrange the bags to, you know, all the cold stuff here and all this over here. So, you know, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to do that because you opened the door. And I was like, it's okay. Thank you. And then, um, and then I went on to the little app and I added her as my favorite shopper. And I was just like, I got a favorite shopper now. So what you're saying is now on top of all of the other people you have working for you, you have a personal shopper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, I can work harder. Okay. <laughs> that's the, that's the lie I tell myself. <laughs> Probably why I get anxiety when I'm not working because it's like, crap, I got a whole army of people to help me because I tell them I'm working. So this staring at the wall thing and cutting it. (laughs) You got people to pay. Exactly. That's so funny. Uh, So we are to the time and I'm just realizing usually we talk about what we're, what we're reading and what we're listening to before we even like get on here. Um, so that we're prepared. We didn't do You're that. Prepared? I'm not. Oh, prepared. I'm, I'm prepared. I got my, right. I got my list over here and everything. You go first. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about audiobooks first. 
Okay. I am listening to a book called What If It's Us by Becky Albertalli and Adam Silvera. And I think Adam Silvera might have wrote that book called We Both Die at the End or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, it's YA and it's really super cute and it's funny and awkward and it's mm and it's just like a meet cute kind of story and i'm really enjoying it and the narration's really really good so um i'm probably about halfway through that one um and then eyeball reading on my um kindle i got one that i'm actually halfway through right now that i'm loving is called soul eater by lily main and it's MM and it's between a human and a monster. Ooh. So, and he is basically, he's, I don't know, sucks the souls out of humans or something. Anyway, he's supposed to be like a villain, like a bad guy, but he takes a liking to um, the main human character. And it's really good. And it's so interesting. And I was telling you about this one a little bit about the parts of yeah. the man that's different and how his um anatomy like functions and it was i'm just so interested in weird stuff like that and so i was just absolutely loving like all the the weird stuff that was happening in this book so i'm i'm reading that one and it's really sweet too because a lot of mm books are really sweet and i like yeah. those um they're the way they're intimate with each other i don't know it's just sweet um and then i read a book called they call him levity by Davidson King and it is a story about um, a homeless guy and a mafia leader mm-hmm. and the homeless guy like works the corner trying to you know panhandle or is that what they call it when they try to get money or whatever yeah. and um then they like give a portion to the mafia dude because it's like his territory his I don't, I don't really, yeah yeah and so but anyway they he this levity guy earns a lot of money because he's got this real just interesting personality and he's funny and people like want to give him money because he makes them stop and not just ignore him and since it's such a like an obscene amount of money this mafia dude's like what's what is he doing over there like I don't want the cops to be like attracted over there because something's happening and he's holding up traffic so we need to find what he's doing so he shows up in his Lamborghini um to see what he's doing and instantly is charmed by levity so it it's like their little story and you know it's the um difference in the class like you know obviously levity's really poor and yeah. sal's got a lot of money and blah 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 so anyway it's a cute story so oh i got myself hot talking about that so okay so and then the other two books that i read and i think i talked about this last one but i got the um paperback which oh, yeah. is the safety cat and that one is a screenwriting book and you talked about how you read the um um, the novel version novel version right and i printed this off the internet and it's like a pdf and it's it's a breakdown of that save the cat the the beat the beat yeah that's what's attached to the audiobook too yeah okay so i i printed that one off and i got it and and i'm going to plot a book using this format that i've learned i really want to just see how easy it would be to write after i plotted all this to see i want to see i just want to try it out and so that's one of the things i'm going to um work on 
And then let's see, doo, 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 doo. what else have I got? Oh, I just finished reading this one today and it was called Romancing the Beat. That's a good one. And it was really good. And it kind of went hand in hand with the Save the Cat yeah. book. So I'm wanting to take what I learned in Save the Cat and in this book and merge them together to write a story. Because flipping back to talking about edits, um, one of my weaknesses was my conflict, my areas of conflict. So it wasn't strong enough. It wasn't compelling. And so I would like to work on that and funnel my outline into these beats to see if I can really strengthen the conflict and make it more compelling. And that is why I'm going to read this book next. Mm. And this one is the conflict thesaurus so i'm going to go through and read each little conflict and what what happens and maybe that will inspire me for when i'm writing and i can refer back to it so that was that i want to plot my next book too okay using that same because i was thinking about that today um with riley's biker since i kind of now know what's going to happen i went through each chapter on scrivener and kind of like wrote down what needs to happen each chapter and it is helping me just fly through words right so i think if i even took it a step further and tried to plot mm-hmm. i might change everything once i get writing but i want to try same this could be a game changer for us because yeah. We we are good storytellers, but we are not very organized people. And so if we could figure out how to organize this aspect of our creativity, it might just lock everything into place and take us to number one. That is hope. So y'all check back in a year from now and we will see if we made 2022 our bitch. Yeah. And also this one. Yes, that's what I'm telling you. This is the seven figure fiction by T. Taylor. I read it on my way home from Utah and it changed. And actually, when I said I don't know what happened, why I decided to scrap my story, I do know it's, I read this book. Yes. And then I was like, boom, everything just clicked. And yeah. Yes. And that's because she was basically saying there are kernels of stories that everybody wants. And the more you fill those in your story, the more juicy and more exciting and more, you know, I don't know, people are just hooked into the story. And so if you're more um, strategic about when you're outlining and plotting and everything by adding in those universal fantasies, then it will help make it a juicier story because basically the whole point of that novel was that have you ever read, read a book and you just weren't sure why you loved it so much? You just did. Yeah. And if you went through and pulled out all the universal fantasy fantasies that were in it, you would be like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. You know? And so, um, she was basically saying she tries to make every chapter have a universal fantasy of some sort in it Mm -hmm. to really just make the book dense with them. Yeah. So I, I, that's, that's the other thing. I read that book plus save the cat plus romancing the beat. And it's like, okay, and then I had ready. Those intense edits and I'm like, yeah. I'm going to whip out a book that y'all is going to blow y'all's mind. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Also, yeah. can I just say Amazon, Amazon's quality with this book, oh my the pages just fall out as I read them. And it oh really irritated me. That's, That's neither here nor there. 
So yeah, I'm excited. Maybe we can like talk about our process as we um, plot, as we actually plot. Can we do it? Yeah, yeah because we, and wouldn't it be interesting? And this is another thing I was sitting, I was sitting on the toilet thinking about this because you know, all the so great I'm ideas. glad you created the, that imagery for me. And I thought, what if I go from a pincer to a plotter? Like, whoa. Dun, I was dun, like, dun. I know, I was like, this is some <laughs> epicness. And I was like, I mean, I know. I was like, I could write a book on becoming a plotter from a pincer. I got to make it happen first. But like, yeah. that would be you really cool. make it happen. <laughs> and you got to be successful with it too. <laughs> but that's how my brain works. It's like, oh, I could write a book about you know, a random thing to help yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Okay. So I am, I, I listened to the seven sins of snow. I, I said that last time. So that was two weeks ago. That's how long it took me to get through that book. It was really good, really dark, um, reverse harem because each of the seven sins are like a vampire. Mm. So she has to like get the essence of each man um, mm-hmm. and accept his sin before okay. she can defeat the evil queen. Right. Wow. So um, there was, there was a lot of like her with each guy. And then there was a lot of her with all seven guys. Oh, wow. It was, it was so smutty. It's probably the smuttiest book I've read in a really long time. Um, oh. I felt like every single chapter I listen to audiobooks like out loud from my phone. Um, and usually I can do chapters, like entire chapters, without having to switch to my AirPods in fear of my kids or my husband overhearing. I could not, I had to have my earbuds in the entire time because every single chapter was so loaded with smut. So I, I finally finished that one. <laughs> and, uh, you know. A lot of cold water calmed me down. Uh, and uh, my PA, Ariadna, she messaged me just randomly with this um, book. And she's like, you're welcome. And so I was like, this is a sports romance. Like, why is she sending that to me? But, you know, I trust her. She knows what she's talking about. So I went and downloaded it. And I said, all right, I've got the audio book. And she's like, oh, that wasn't meant for you. <laughs> I didn't mean to send that to you. I meant to just, I meant to send it to someone else. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh well, God. I already bought it. So um, I've been listening to that one. It's by Ali Sis and it's called Looking to Score. And it's really, really cute and sweet. And, oh. um, and actually, I really love it. And the narrators are amazing. So I've been listening to that one. But then I kind of switched over back to Gianna Darling's um fallen men series because I just can't get enough of it I really can't Mm -hmm. and now she has those alt covers with the females on them coming out like Mm -hmm. the seventh or whatever Uh and I'm like I'm just gonna go and buy those too Mm -hmm. yeah I saw those today and I was like oh those are so pretty (laughs) they're so pretty and I just Mm -hmm. love that series so much and I haven't read the last two books so they're now on audio and I just decided I'm gonna listen to the entire thing start to finish you go girl. So that's what I'm doing. And I'm with daddy Zeus right now. I just oh, love him. Favorite. That is my favorite. He is so good. It's so yummy. Oh. That's, that's still one of my favorite books to this day. Like I just, 
and one of my favorite male characters ever. I know. And it's Zachary Weber that is the narrator. So, um, yeah. Oh my gosh. He, we just got to the part where he buys the strip club that she's working at. Mm-hmm. And so like things are just starting to happen and yeah, that's when it starts getting juicy. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Just love it. I can't wait. Yeah. I, I love that one. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm not physically reading any books because I just haven't had time right now. I seriously, I do all of my work, um, right. First thing in the morning, I'm at my computer by like nine. Cause I have to wake up at five 30 for my kids. Um, so after I get them off to school, I'm like at my computer and I just write and write and write and write until I have to go pick them up. Then I come home and write and write and write and write. And by the time, by the end of the day, my brain is just so done with words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, by the time I'm working all day, it's like, that's why in the evening, it's like, I can't jump on and sprint with anybody because my brain's like, we're done. So I've been reading and doing a lot of just mindless scrolling on the internet just to yeah. I don't know just to chill for three brain seconds. break yeah for sure but then I have this problem where I feel creative do you do that when you're in downtime and you start mm-hmm. to feel creative and you're like just chill we're watching a movie yeah. you're like but I could make a graphic but I mm-hmm. could outline this story but I could do this and it's like no you're supposed to be re- relaxing Oh yeah. So. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Or especially if I ever am sitting in front of the TV, I just think like I could be doing something while I do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But totally. yeah, it's more important just to like, let your brain yep. take a breather. Well, and I went shopping the other day with my mom and my sister. And well, first of all, we went and <laughs> ate at this place called <laughs> the big biscuit and it was Ooh. so good. <laughs> it was so good. I'm what did you have? You- I had a big biscuit. Oh, a big biscuit. <laughs> it had, I got this one that had like, um, it was like an appetizer. It had like um, cinnamon and icing and cranberries and pecans, like all on it. And that then, was the appetizer? Yeah. And then, <laughs> I know. And then I had like a breakfast thing. It was like some eggs and then with sausage in it. And then some biscuits and gravy, which is really good Oof. there. And then um, some hash browns. And I took the rest home to Matt. But, um, it was so good. And then I don't know why I decided we were going to eat that before we went shopping, but at least we walked it off. And, um, but anyway, the whole time we were having breakfast and then we went shopping and we went to Barnes and Noble and like, you know, all these fun places, uh, Target. And you went to Barnes and Noble and bought the entire store. Yes, we did. And my sister was, she like basically cussed me out like, what? (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, I can't help it. And my mom was like, go girl. You know, and I, like I had a pile of things in the, ooh, in the, in the aisle in the anime section or whatever. And this guy, I set him down. So, I, cause I mean, I had, there's too much to carry. And I walked to the end of the aisle to look at some books. So I didn't have to carry the stuff. And he like makes a beeline, like right over to my pile. And I said, excuse me, sir. And he looked at me and I said, that's my stuff. And he was like, oh, he was going to clean it up. I was like, do not clean my things up. These are my 
and he said, I'm just too weak to tote them around. Do you need a basket? And I was like, yeah. So he went and fetched me a basket and I loaded all my stuff in there. But anyway, the whole time I was shopping, I completely just didn't think about work. I, I mean, I don't even think I messaged you or anybody. Like I just stayed mm-hmm. off the grid and shopped and enjoyed myself. And it was such a nice break after all of those edits and working so hard. And I needed it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you bought the store. <laughs> you showed me all your books and I'm like, did you leave anything left for anybody else? No. Nope. I bought tons of stuff there and I would do it again. I love that store. (laughs) I don't, I don't ever really go into Barnes and Noble. If I go into a bookstore, it's like an, uh, an indie bookstore, you know, because I don't tend to read very many traditionally published books except for like craft books. But I love oh, me a good There's so much stuff to look at at Barnes and Noble. It's not just, I mean, Avery goes there to look at all the toys. Oh, know? yeah. There's just so much to look at. And then when you get ready to check out, they have like all this gift stuff, you know? And I could just sit there for an hour looking at like all the little cute Trinkets. things that I'm, yes, that I might need to buy myself. And um, I actually found a really cool book for Matt for Christmas. He's not going to listen to this, but it's a, um, a wilderness guide. <laughs> But it's like, if for something happened, like, and you lost electricity, like how to like purify water and like do all these survival things. And I just thought it was really cool. And then I thought also, I'm going to steal it from him after he looks at it and sets it on his nightstand, never to look at it again. I'm going to steal it and I'm going to use it for research and writing. It's really cool. I love to write the wilderness stories. So that's perfect. Mm -hmm. So it was like a gift for him, but really good for you. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) couple gift yep (laughs) oh okay um we are gonna ponder how we could get live sprints to work because I think it would be really cool and I think it would be fun um so maybe we'll get that to work maybe not um don't you have to have uh, do you have to have a certain amount of followers to be live on YouTube I have no idea do we have, oh. have, do we even have any followers on YouTube? I, I think we have. Oh, Avery. We have Avery. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think we have one, <laughs> but you know, what's the, what's the um, requirement? I'll have to check it out. I'll check it out. I'll do some research because yeah. I think it would be fun. And I think people would like to hang out with us. Yeah. And especially if we started like, you know, kind of gave it like a Could little do. schedule. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah on this time I feel like some people would join in so I think so too uh and otherwise we will be back in two weeks please 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 subscribe because if we do have to have subscribers we really really need you um and also (laughs) to the podcast to YouTube um go do it all and then leave us comments let us know what you're thinking or drop into our dms we like that too we've had a few people never too busy for anybody yeah and and that was somebody messaged me and she's like you said that it was okay to message you and I really hope that that's true and I'm like yes you know I might be I might be slow to respond sometimes because like I went on a shopping spree at Barnes and Noble but (laughs) I'll be back (laughs) exactly uh so yeah we will see you in two weeks and um yeah. What is two weeks from now? That's like, right, Oh, what is two weeks right from Christmas? now? 
I don't even know. Let me look at the calendar. I think it's like the week, weekend before Christmas or something. It's the 19th. So Okay, so we're Okay. Will we will we be good? Your grandparents will be in town. No, they'll come the day after Christmas. So. Oh, okay. All right. Perfect. See you guys in so. two weeks. Bye.